Hi, folks. This podcast is recorded in a house with animals, as usual, although it's daylight, so we might even get chicken noises or at least the occasional rooster crow. The other thing is that we swear a lot, and this episode I'm talking to a doctor, so there will be mention of the pandemic on more than one occasion. So if that's triggering to you right now, yeah, feel free to give this episode a pass. It's uh, it's for the best. You got to do what you got to do for your your mental health. So hi, this is Productivity Alchemy episode 141. Uh, Ursula is not with me this evening. She's had a rough couple days. And so she is taking the night off, and that's fine. You do what you got to do to uh, keep going. And it's, you know, it's not always easy in these uh, interesting times. So we're all doing the best we can. Uh, one thing that I've, I've noticed is that we aren't pushing ourselves as hard at work or for work-like things. And I think that's actually a positive. Overall, we tend, at least as Americans, to overwork. And I like the idea that we're actually taking this time, this forced separation, this time away from the office, as it were, even though most of us are working remotely now, to reevaluate if we're not working too much. Um, and I'm uh, very grateful to work for a company that understands that and is like, you know, don't push yourself, don't stress yourself out, don't give yourself more more trouble. Stay healthy, that's the, the key thing. And uh, I, I hope that many of you are also fortunate enough to work for companies that are putting that first and not saying, we don't care, work your tails off while you're home too, because we don't care. Um, so I'm probably very, very fortunate in, in that. And, uh, I'm very thankful to the leadership at my company for saying, Hey, we understand we're going through it too. Um, so really that's, that's it for this episode. I've just been, you know, it's been work and chickens and chickens and work. And, uh, Ursula has been playing a lot of animal crossing and words are getting written and I'm finding new side projects all the time, uh, and things are generally getting done. I think the, um, the key word I would use right now is chop wood, carry water, the, uh, the old cone. And, uh, for those of you who aren't familiar, uh, it's a, it's an old, uh, Buddhist cone. Uh, the apprentice comes to the master and says, master, oh, what is it like after enlightenment? And the master says, before enlightenment, chop wood, carry water. After enlightenment, chop wood, carry water. Uh, we're doing what we need to do to keep going. In other news, I have a really great talk I had with Dr. Megan Kenway, who uh, you may remember from way back in 2018. Uh, we did a live productivity alchemy at WindyCon with both Megan and her mother, Dee, um, since then, Megan has finished medical school, is now at serving her residency in a hospital, and so uh, things have changed, and so we catch up. And that's going to be it for this week. Uh, so, you know, hold on to your hats, folks. We'll be right back after this.
Hi, folks. I am here with returning guest uh, Megan Kenway. Last time you were Megan Taylor Rodriguez, was it? Megan Rodriguez was my my legal last name. Taylor was my previous legal last name. This is in fact my third. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I your mom's hyphenated, so I always think Taylor Rodriguez. So I was never actually hyphenated. Oh, okay. We tried. They actually they actually messed it up at the social security office, so I didn't end up hyphenated. Uh, yeah, well, our, our friend Tina, of course, um, with all her travel and things, she's like, they can never get it right. So maybe be glad they didn't. Well, my mom also had that issue. And so when I changed my name to a completely new name, she changed hers to the hyphenated proper way it was supposed to be. Okay. So we went through the whole thing together, which admittedly, if you're going to go through a complicated legal process, such as getting your name legally changed... It's helpful to have a buddy. <laughs> the buddy system, it comes in for, for handier for, for more than just um, just swimming or yeah. going to the bathroom in the woods in Tibet. Um, <laughs> oh. You're oh. laughing, but it's true. You know, I, I was just going to say humans are social animals. We do almost everything together, but. Uh, you 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 haven't. I was gonna put limits on that. Apparently, <laughs> I was, there I was, are not. <laughs> there are there no there there are no limits. I I, uh, I I'm the cause of the first content warning now. Um, <laughs> no, there was there was a point uh, where we are. I mean, you know, taking care of our our business over by standing on two planks over basically a, a hole in the ground. Well, you don't stand, you squat. And meanwhile, a small Tibetan child is, which you can't understand because they, they're speaking Tibetan, is giving color commentary while you're trying to shit. So it's, you know, n- not much faces me anymore when it comes to that sort of thing. Wow. Yeah, buddy system. We always had a buddy whether we wanted one or not. Oh. Oh. <laughs> That's... See, in my head, I was picturing it. It's dangerous out there. Take a friend, and <laughs> this is just so much more awkward. <laughs> it's, well, you know, the, if the small child wasn't there, there was, um, there was usually a yak wandering by. Daylight. At night, you took a friend because predators. Yes. That way, someone could run for help while you die. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least someone knows to look for your body. Right. Yeah. You know? Absolutely better that than just randomly going missing yes so last time we talked uh it was the live show at WindyCon a couple years ago and you were a med student and so (laughs) can you maybe talk a little bit about uh maybe a better introduction than we've had so far (laughs) and uh and tell us a little about what you're doing now Okay, well, so introducing myself right now is very simple because I'm a doctor and the world is on fire. So that it's basically my couch and the hospital is my whole life right now. Um, but aside from that, before mm-hmm. the world became on fire, yep, uh, I am still a crafty person. I don't. I don't usually like putting a lot of uh, descriptors on that because I'm mm-hmm. very project oriented person yes i do whatever craft is required for the idea that has popped into my head 
Um, nice. But aside from being a crafter, I am also a gamer. I play a lot of tabletop games right now. All of the local LARPs that I used to play in. Um, well, let's just say that the basement trolls, they have power. Yeah. Sometimes it's better to just leave them alone with their power than to oh, yeah. try to deal with it. Nope. I'm with you on that one. Yep. Yeah. Um, let's see. What else do I do? Not much right now. <laughs> I <laughs> wish I had a great deal of things to say, but I'm kind of kind of in a phase where after medical school, I'm trying to recover my life. Mm-hmm. So... And I, I will say, I believe that you have uh, a 3D printer. Mm-hmm. And that there is a 3D printed version of the stone head from Zardoz at your house that you printed for me that I was going to get in Chicago, but mm-hmm. couldn't go to Chicago. So yeah, mm-hmm. that that's actually for me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. There, there, there were two versions of it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because the shiny new purple spool of admittedly very lovely, slightly iridescent. Oh yeah, element, um, had some winding issue oh okay so it was a periodic layer line where it just didn't quite get out to the edge and it had these little awkward I layer lines. couldn't tell that from the photos I, you really can't until you're right up on it oh okay okay <laughs> but seeing as it was a tight tight cute little thing mm-hmm. we figured you would be right up on it so i retried it in a new filament and it worked really well yeah we were we were hoping we could find a model that was hollow that i could put it on a chicken yeah so i've been i've been trying to figure this out because okay conceptually this is <laughs> conceptually this is taking off the bottom mm-hmm. because models themselves are always an outer bit they're right. basically just the outside yeah the printer decides the inside based on the outside so conceptually if you have a <laughs> computer that can process all of this you can take off the bottom and tell it to just push in a little bit and make a nice you know yeah. appropriately thick and structurally sound <laughs> wall um uh but every time i try to open up that model in any of the programs that run on my computer they they like have a brain freeze because there's so many polygons oh yeah no they're incredibly detailed <laughs> incredibly so yeah, accurate to the movie yeah yeah, yeah. so I'll, I'll just figure out a way to have that one floating around my desk yeah we're gonna we're just, that that project is gonna get put on pause yeah yeah so um thinking of that and i realize that now is a an interesting time but how do you keep yourself organized in a non the world is on fire situation and then compared to the the world is on fire situation? Okay. So on a daily basis, mm-hmm. um, by virtue of working in a hospital mm-hmm. um, and in the capacity I'm still in, I am still moving about the hospital in places where I can't reliably take a lot of stuff with me. Right. So I have basically everything I need in a digital version. Okay. So I still use the Google suite as a whole. Mm -hmm. Um, I still use Trello. I have, yeah, (laughs) I have improved my Gmail inbox. It is currently much better than it was, but Mm -hmm. a bunch of stuff in it because 
there's like four or five things that I keep being like, I don't yet have the spoons to deal with that. And it's going to take 45 minutes. So I'm mm-hmm. leave that over there. Yep. <sighs> I, I, I know the feeling. But I also still have paper. Oh, yeah. Pen and paper. And a notebook because there are so many things that I just can't process without having a list in front of me. I, I got to ask, what kind of notebook? So this is just a one of the uh, like kind of soft cover moleskin the li- the little ones. Okay, uh, so so the the pocket size mole like soft bound moleskin. Yeah, they come thin. they come yeah. in like three packs. Yeah, eleven twelve dollars something like that. They're not I'm, expensive, but probably more expensive than this kind of thing really deserves to be. Oh, I I, I know them well. It's fine. Yeah. I mean, um, the paper's so good on them, so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, they're so wonderful. And as, as you can see, but none of none of the listeners can see, this mm-hmm. is beat to shit. Oh, yeah. Uh, because it goes many places with me in many pockets. And and when it's full, you just get the next one. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I, use the, uh, I use the grid. Okay. Uh, I prefer dot grid, but that is much harder to find. So I use yeah. grid. And I tolerate it. <laughs> I don't love it, but I prefer it significantly over lines. So Yeah. Yeah. I, I go back and forth on it. I and I'm I'm with you. Dot grid makes me crazy. I you know, dot grid I I tried it in oh, it must have been my first year of medical school. I tried it when I was trying to get certain things organized and there are things about it that I love, but finding it so hard. In that size. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Especially in that size and that, that sort of soft back form factor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was saying a thing. Hmm. Yeah. And the pen, because I, you know how I feel about pens. So I love my pens. So this is a teeny tiny little pen. Um, I buy a lot of stuff from Jet Pens. Oh. And this is a particular one. I love these inks. They're 0.28 millimeter tiny, tiny little pens. And they have a matching pen body. Yeah. That, um, is metal. They, they obviously come with like a plastic pen body that you can get. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the metal one better. Um, if you if you have a chance, send me a link to that because I got to check those <laughs> out. I will I will I will figure out what it is. But I also I like this one because it's tiny. And I have small yeah. hands, so I don't mind small pens. But it's like it's yeah, it, it goes root- that it goes with a notebook, which yeah. means it doesn't stick out in the in my pocket because. If you can imagine this tiny notebook, mm-hmm. like a normal size pen that's like sticking out of the bottom, like it catches and that just goes all to hell. Yeah, well, it's like the, um, what are they? Uh, I have my box of um, U.S. government pens mm-hmm. and they're all shorter. Do I have one over here? I think I have one over here. So, and they're all shorter than a regular ballpoint uh, because they're meant to sit inside the pocket and not reflect light. If you're like in the field, no, I don't have one handy, but they're, (laughs) they're, uh, I've got a, I think they're still packed from when I thought I was going to Chicago. Mm -hmm. Um, 
but they are uh, 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 they write for like five kilometers or something and they're they don't smudge in water and like they were designed to 1950s military spec wow okay so pretty awesome yeah and 15 dollars for a 12 pack so there there are reports they'd even be handy in your field because apparently you can do a trach with them (laughs) sorry i should have waited to you done drinking yeah emergency strike with a great many pen devices if you oh, want yeah. to take it apart and take its insides out all you really need is a stiff tube yes yeah yeah uh, thing we learned and uh mm-hmm. i dearly dearly hope i never ever never ever, ever yeah do. yeah <laughs> so um yeah uh so and so you're a big list keeper yeah i like i as as many people in my life and family are wont <laughs> to, I forget so many things. Um, and <laughs> I'm sure that fills people with great confidence that, you know, young doctors of the world are forgetful. But everything in medicine is documented so much. Oh, yeah. So being able to accurately write something down and have your list and always know where to look something up is actually the key. And so obviously my, my inclination that already existed to just write everything down. Cause my mm-hmm. brain is a traitor and can't be trusted. Right. You know, works for me for a while there. Mm-hmm. And it still mostly does. Um, yeah. I have the unfortunate side effect that when things get particularly stressful, mm-hmm. you know, like when the world is on fire yeah. um, or when other things in your life are on fire more on yeah. that later, um, hmm. my brain becomes very one track. I'm normally, I'm normally a many tabs open mm-hmm. kind of person. My brain right. does many things at once. And the more stressed I get, the more tabs start closing. <laughs> uh, hyperfocus. I, you know, I should probably go see a psychiatrist and see if that's actually a thing for me. Oh, uh, yeah. But, you know, that's free time that I don't mm-hmm. have. So. Not right now, no. Mm-mm. Not right now. That'll have to wait. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I I try to write down everything as much as I can. And it, in a minute, I will talk about how I do that at work. But when I'm at home, it's mostly just trying to make sure the notes of a similar type or at least vaguely on a similar page in my notebook. Right. I have tried disc-bound notebooks for, like, my pocket notebook, but the discs get in the way. Mm-hmm. They catch on things. Yeah. Um, and I can't get disc-bound that are this small. So. You kind of can, but you have to sort of make them yourself. Uh, my, my big thing lately is the file effects. Right now, there's your. Well, I still keep the all productivity alchemy goes in the disc bound because I'm always moving things around. Like, oh, well, that episode is gonna need to be reordered. Now I'll, I'll be moving things around that way. Mm-hmm. Um, for the file effects, I picked this one up for a song at Worldcon last year um, mm-hmm. on sale. So yeah, but it's got whoops, there we go. I've got the see if I hold it actually up to the camera, but uh, mm-hmm. it's the six rings and it's got the uh, I've got. Uh, a set of just dedicated calendars and then uh, oh I love this weekly spread here let's see if I can move the light so you can see it a little better Um, so that instead of trying to do like the big here's columns of 
of days. Yeah, it doesn't. It's it doesn't have the times on it. And I put I bought little tabs to put on it with the <laughs> month name so I can get to months quickly. And, um, <laughs> this is a bit hefty though because this is the old school snap together. They got this new thing called the clip book. Ooh, right, Ooh. and it lays flat. Mm. It That's lays. Worth its weight in gold. Right yep, there. or it you can hold it like this. I just it's a I got too much paper in mind, so when I did it, it popped open. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's always that's, some, a little bit of an issue with disc bound. Yeah, disc. Well, then <laughs> yeah, they'll just the pages pop right off. This one though is is you know good old fashioned six ring binder. I was like, eh, I don't know, file effects, but I'll try the one. And then I'm like, <laughs> yeah, okay. And I see, I see why people use this for like their planners and journals. Um, but for note taking mm -hmm. something where I can move things around a lot is a lot better. Yeah. And I, I do love that about just about notebooks. I, I <laughs> try to use that where I can. I just don't have a lot of, option to do that and that's a lot of that is how my work life exists right now and yeah theoretically in the future that will change i just don't know when theoretically <laughs> so um right now you know we'll things things they're all stressed things are all yeah. stressed yeah well it's also the future is just very uncertain well the timing of the future is very uncertain right yeah um, yeah. So when, when it comes to actually using my mm -hmm. notebook, the little one that I have in my pocket is kind of just notes in whatever order they occur to me, trying always to keep new notes on a completely new page. Yeah. 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 Because I'm very bad about being like, Oh, well, mm -hmm. I don't need that anymore. And like tearing it out. And so I try to make sure there's nothing on the back of the page. <laughs> I have had issues with that. Um, but I also, with this little notebook, a lot of what it gets used for is random stuff that I need to write down because my brain cannot compute without seeing it in front of me. Yep. So I've got stuff like here. I was working on how to make a particular thing that I'm, I'm knitting right now. And so okay. I've got the different, like, okay, mm -hmm. well, here's the pattern. How many stitches does it need to be to look, you know, the right width and okay. Then well, so that's that pattern repeats in this many stitches. So yeah. It needed to be this many inches. How did <laughs> lots and lots of math, math, um, knitting, knitting is so much math. It's, it's simple math. Yeah, a yeah. lot of it. <laughs> um, and then uh, I also make myself checklists. Mm -hmm. So Ooh. many checklists. This this was a particularly bad day about two weeks ago. Yeah, but you're you're drawing the <laughs> little box so you can check things off, and you're indenting subtasks, yes. which is, mm -hmm. you know. So that was a thing I started doing when I was in college, taking my notes because mm -hmm. I had Levenger style note paper. Oh yeah. So they've got like the the little the um blank column on the side. <gasps> Cornell notes. Those are Cornell note pages. I had no idea. I encountered were Levenger. Um, yeah. So they were lined on lined most of the page, but they had a little bit of column on the side. Mm -hmm. Um. So I would always, you know, start a topic, 
at the top and, you know, you do your subtopics and sub subtopics and however many subtopics it requires, mm-hmm. which sometimes with medicine is a lot. Oh, yeah. Um, but then I would have like space on the side where I could draw pictures or I could be like, hey, that thing you're looking for is right here mm-hmm. with a little arrow. Because sometimes you get the indent happy and it gets difficult. But I also I also do a particular thing with my notes that I, I don't even know why I started it. And I don't know if I can show you very well, but I will sort of try right here. Okay. Get a little closer. to. The oh, camera. yeah. With so the... I do a dash for the first one. And then anything that's a subtopic, the line comes down and then dashes over to the side. Uh-huh. Oh, I do that. Yeah. Yeah, I do that. And then the next one sort of dashes down and i do mm-hmm. i do that so I, I very visually tell myself this is a tree <laughs> so yeah you can see the you can actually see the thread the yeah. ordering yeah and then anything that's text from the same line that just ran over is indented in a box mm-hmm. so that i can tell that that's not a new thing that's the same line continuing yep. over um because i if my writing is not like lined up i mean it's not that it looks very lined up to an untrained observer i'm sure but if it's it's, not lined up i can't make sense of it so i was gonna say yeah it's it's better than most doctors handwriting i've seen oh yeah well Well. (laughs) in our defense if you've ever tried to take notes in a medical class lecture it's painful yeah and mostly impossible so we learn to write as much as we can, as quickly as we can, which means in this day and age, we type everything. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Not as good for your memory, but it allows you to take your notes at the speed of, oh, my God, why? Why? <laughs> yeah. Which yeah, is, no. Yeah. And, and the interesting thing is the, the way you, you, you've set this up is um, very similar to uh, how I end up having to write certain kinds of code because there's the programming language Python where how many, how things are indented. It doesn't use like the usual curly bracket separators. It uses indents mm-hmm. um, or um, Markdown, which is a, uh, a, a documentation language, mm-hmm. which again, it's, you know, lists are, are, are dashes and then the indent depends on what level of the list and things like that. So, yeah. I mean, if I w- hadn't already started doing that same sort of tree style years ago um i would it would still have been you know uh, now i actually end up handwriting a lot of things in markdown mm-hmm. just because that's what i use all day yeah. kind of thing yeah i have i have dabbled in some coding stuff and used markdown for various things mm-hmm. so it was i Actually, that's probably why I picked them up so quickly is because they basically yeah. are organized the same way that I do everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also, when I'm taking notes, I ask, there's certain things that I do. Like if, if topics are split, I always make sure there's a line. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm writing things down and I, and I need to remember that something's a group, sometimes I'll do, I'll do the little bracket. To yep. show these things are in a group, which mm. this one, it happens to be on the left. Normally it's on the right, which is messier, but yeah. Yeah. I, I suppose it I depends on if you're left or right handed. Well, I am right handed. Yeah. I have. Which is interesting because I still tend to put a lot of my brackets. No, you're right. I put a lot of my brackets on the right when I do that. Interesting. I never really thought about it. Yeah. I do it. I do it mm-hmm. a lot because I, I think if you do too much on one side of your text, it becomes difficult to figure out what you're looking at. Yeah, yeah. The 
the point of notes is to readily have information. You mm-hmm. don't have to sit there and look at your notes and be like, what the hell did I put down here? What does any of this mean? Um, which comes a, a little bit, actually, as a, I'll take that as a segue for okay. what I do okay. at work. Um, <laughs> because hospitals are, I, I won't say they're unique environments in a lot of ways. They're very very, very paperwork heavy, which mm-hmm. everyone can sympathize with. Um, but hospitals also are very procedural. There's lots, oh, yeah. lots of things that have to be done the same way every day. Lots of mm-hmm. um, pieces of the puzzle that are how you, you know, you make sure that care is being given to the same person and transition to the right people and, you know, moved on from and- consistency and yeah yeah it's one of the great problems with with medicine and the way that it works right now is is continuity of care is Mm -hmm. so difficult to manage because doctors are still people yep so we still have to go home and sleep (laughs) and patient care doesn't give a shit if you're tired no and and that's that's why i think um that's why we're so used to seeing the charts either at the foot of the bed or in the door, because that should be a record of everything that has happened. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. one of the things that I, I will say I wish was easier to do is have charts mm-hmm. right there by the patient. Um, the EMR um, electronic medical record yeah. has done some good things for hospitals as a whole, uh, but it has created its own own issues. Um, the principal issue being that it works great for billing mm-hmm. and really shitty for everyone else. Gee, I wonder why. Yeah, um. it's it's like it's a fancy billing tool designed to pretend it's a documentation tool and uh it's i have so many strong opinions and it it's, didn't work. it's it's kind of interesting uh i was talking to a radiologist mm-hmm. uh she's just finishing up her phd mm-hmm. um matter of fact she's another returning guest um <laughs> this the episode will be on before yours mm-hmm. so the the timing sounds weird i was talking to her last night talking to you today for the people out there. It's been probably a couple weeks between the two of them because of how the <laughs> scheduling works. Um, but the whole thing about it was in, in her case, there are four or five different systems with four or five different formats and trying to do research around uh certain types of scans to finish out her PhD has been like, well, I need this particular type of scan, which is represented differently than this other type of scan, even though it's still the same brain. Mm-hmm. And I'm yeah. like, wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, there, there, so radiology is actually what I'm hoping to do someday. So there's <laughs> so many things about it that are particular and weird because of the physics of trying to make, imaging happen yeah so sometimes you also like you have to compare things and in weird ways because 
you know, when you're taking a CT of someone's brain, you do it at like certain angles to try mm-hmm. to limit radiation. And when you're doing an MRI, nobody gives it. So you cut straight through. Yeah, and yeah. So none of the so the slices don't line up, and it's, it's everything can be so weird. Mm-hmm. Um, which is which is why they pay people to do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But but even then, like you might have three MRIs, and depending on what you're looking at, they could be at three different formats. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? there's a lot of there's a lot mm-hmm. of different um, programs out there for how basically everything works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Which is one of the great confusing things about <laughs> you know trying trying to become a radiologist is you're like okay well here's the program i've used in the past at my you yep. know, med school or other hospitals here's this new one no idea where any of the buttons are conceptually uh, all these things happen but where in the ui do i find them <laughs> uh, well it's not even that it's that now like maybe you're doing a study but the scan that someone took is literally the file format is different from the scan another hospital took, but it's the same scan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because the image, the image is the same image, but how the computer interprets it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's all the same data. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So, so much technical issue in the hospital. Oh, I know. I, I even in the early nineties when I was uh, a contractor doing email systems mm-hmm. before internet email. So everybody had their own sort of, uh, depending on what company you bought your email system from was what format it was in and, and translating. But it was, there was a lot that just interfacing the different systems then mm-hmm. in the early days of networking uh, uh, was, and before we had the, the, the like medical records, Mm-hmm. stuff the electronic medical records um uh like formalized and all that stuff it was it was kind of fascinating i really felt for their it staff and was very glad that i wasn't one of them yeah oh man yeah i we all sure complain a lot about stuff but we under no condition would take their job no no no, uh, no. <laughs> and uh and one of the other challenges is of course that uh hospitals don't update very often oh. And a piece of software that a hospital relies on may not, I mean, it may not be updatable or it may be something that in order to update it, you have to replace a whole bunch of stuff and that's expensive. Mm -hmm. So that's, yeah, that's one of the things about hospitals that people frequently don't think about is that updating, you know, you think about, you know, updating one computer, it's going to cost this much, but people Mm -hmm. don't think about how many, you know, potentially hundreds of computers there are in a hospital. So if, you know, do this thing and now you have to update a piece of hardware. And it's not like, yeah. And it's not like you can just, yes, we're updating the uh, uh, NICU today. (laughs) And so all the systems are offline. You can't do that. You, and yeah, it's, it's a mess. Um, Yeah. Things, things have to be updated mm -hmm. in, all together, if the software has to talk to each other, which is its own special hell, yeah. or, or unit by unit, because the overall unit has to have working computers. Yes. So we've we've had a, we've had a couple of days since I started working at uh, St. Francis Hospital here, where mm-hmm. they were updating something with the um, with Epic, which is the EMR that we have. Yeah. And 
<laughs> there was a good half hour where everything was just down. Oh, they, well, they do they do it on purpose, and they try to do it at like two or three in the morning, right? Sometime yeah, yeah. when like theoretically nobody needs the computers except it's a hospital. Someone is on the computers at all times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And at the time. I was on a rotation in the emergency department and the emergency department needs their computers all the time. All the time. They, they don't have a window. They have a yeah. whole process for put every, putting everything up on a just huge whiteboard, literally mm-hmm. the biggest whiteboard I've ever seen that wasn't mounted on a wall. Um, and there was an hour pr- procedure where we had to make sure everything was on the board correctly and everything and like racing mm-hmm. to get everything done to make sure it was there. And then the computers went down and it was like, okay, now we're we're analog for the next hour. Yeah. All right. Welcome. Welcome to the 1970s. Let's oh. do this thing. Yeah. Um, there were so many things that were just <laughs> terrible about it because your average hospital, everything that goes into the computer goes to like three or four people. Mm-hmm. So anytime we needed to do something, it has to be like, okay, now I've got this paper copy and this paper copy and this paper copy and this one goes to the lab and this one goes to the nurse and this one goes to the person who has to take the sample from the nurse to the lab. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Oh. Well, and That's... and another and an, an interesting parallel to that. Um, do you remember a couple years ago when an employee was disgruntled with his job as an air traffic controller <laughs> and set the main hub for the Midwest on fire. Um, You might not have, uh, you might not remember that. I remember it because Ursula was on book tour and couldn't get home for an extra day because flights were just dead. Yeah. Um, Well, we have a friend who's an actual air traffic controller. This is what they do. And they are all trained to immediately go back to here's the paper system we used before we had computers. Here is how we do it. And it was just like, all right, we're going to, we got to go old school. And it's, uh, mm-hmm. it's really amazing how, uh, while we rely heavily on the computers, uh, certain industries are just, here's how to do it in case the, the computers go down. And I think more industries need to think about that. Yeah, I, I will say it would be, it would be nice if we were better trained on how to deal with that. Mm-hmm. It happens, you know, once a year at 2 a.m. So it's, yeah, you know, yeah. it's really worth a lot of people's time to invest in that. And it's not like it was down for, you know, a day and a half. It was down for maybe 40 minutes. So yeah, yeah. It's not usually a very big impact. I just happen to be in the one part of the hospital that does get impacted at the time. <laughs> of course, of course, yeah. You know, because it's funny to be awkward places at awkward times. That's really, that's that's something, uh, I have uh, a friend who's a doctor of infectious diseases and you want to talk about awkward places, awkward times, he's got yeah. stories. We'll talk mm-hmm. later after the podcast about those <laughs> because I don't, I, I don't have enough warnings time oh. to put in all the warnings for some of those. Uh, oh, yeah. You'd love him. He's great. Um, <laughs> and I'm very glad he's married to a literal rocket science. So the two of the, the rocket scientists who works for NASA, so the two of them can have conversations because <laughs> the rest of us couldn't keep up. Yeah. Um, people are just oh, yeah. smart and it's so difficult. Uh, so what, what thinking not about that. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
back to back to other organizational things. It, yeah. It's yeah. I mean, because you're you're talking. There's there's a lot of interplay with the tools you use and the habits you've built to use them, mm-hmm. which there is are, always fascinating. Yeah. 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 There's well, and by virtue of working at a hospital with Epic, there are certain things that I can do that I couldn't do at um, my prior, the prior hospital that I was at when I was in med school because mm-hmm. they have Cerner, which is the worst. Um, <laughs> uh, so like on a, on a daily basis in the hospital, mm-hmm. I am an internal medicine resident, which means uh, I'm your, your, your generic kind of doctor in the hospital. Yep. So we can see people with basically any issue that's going on. So there's no no benefit of specialty to narrow in the focus right now, um, which means I've had to sort of keep my systems a little more broad. Because mm-hmm. uh, when you're working in a particular specialty, which we do have rotations in specialties, but they have a they have a much more narrow scope. Um, yeah. One of the reasons specialists always sound so smart is because they only have to remember one one system. <laughs> yeah. They, they couldn't answer a question about other systems most of the time, uh, but man, do they know their stuff? Uh, but in a, in a hospital, so for a resident like me, um, and I, we are also a community hospital. So for the mm-hmm. people who know what that means, that changes things a little bit. Um, we get get to the hospital. It's mm-hmm. 30. Um, we get sign out, which means the night team will give us kind of a brief update about all the patients that are assigned to us for the day. We all mm-hmm. have floor assignments and team assignments. So mm-hmm. it's one intern. Um, so I'm an intern uh, and I have <laughs> another co-intern and we have a, a senior resident who's the main mm-hmm. part of our team. And then two teams will work together with one teaching attending. So that t- attending is not the attending for all our patients, because that would be convenient. Right. Um, <laughs> that <laughs> attending may or may not have any patients to this. Um, but we're kind of grouped in these like little pods. Um, so I am currently on the floor that deals with, mostly deals with infectious patients, which is sure the best place to be right now right now yeah mm-hmm. um but we get signed out we get all our assignments on a normal day we would have um we call a morning report which is mm-hmm. either a prepared lecture or um, a review of cases that came in overnight some sort of educational experience mm-hmm. um, for the first hour of the day so between seven and eight morning report um which we don't have every day of the week, which is good. Yeah. <laughs> On normal days, we would not be able to get everything done if that were the, thing, were the case. Mm-hmm. So when that's over, then we go up to our respective floors and check the charts and review the charts and go see our patients and see how they're doing for the day and then come back and then sort of all of the awkwardness of scheduling the day begins because those sort of things, that's the kind of set these things all need to happen. Mm -hmm. So after that, now it's kind of a free for all. Like 
<laughs> are you going to be able to find your resident right now? Are you going to be able to talk to them about your patients? Are you going to, are specialists going to come see you? Are, you know, the other services mm-hmm. going to be coming to see you? And usually you can get that first little bit of stuff done in the morning pretty consistently. Uh, but the other half, well, two thirds of the day, um, there's things you need to get done, mm-hmm. but there's not as much time structure. We do have a noon conference. So at noon, we have to be, you know, somewhere else for more educational experience. Right. And we have what are called multidisciplinary rounds at 10 mm-hmm. o'clock. Um, so that's the point in the day when we have a scheduled, everyone gets together, talks about the patients on the floor with really with the social workers and the case managers who help mm-hmm. us plan discharges and if people need to go to a rehab facility for a while or yeah, yeah. You know, any of that sort of social stuff. Um, and then somewhere in the rest of the day up till 3.30, we have to do the rest of our work. Uh. <laughs> so the bulk of the work that we actually do, obviously reviewing charts, looking at new labs and imaging and, you know, all of the doctoring for the day. Um, And then we have to document everything. Right. So this is where it becomes annoying. Um, But hopefully you've kept good notes to this point. Yes. So this, I will, I will get to this in a second. So you have to, you have to document everything in a progress note, Mm -hmm. daily thing you have to write for every patient. Um, If a new patient shows up on the floor, which can happen, we have Mm -hmm. a list of, who on the floor, like what order people will take new patients in. So your day may be interrupted with a, an admission, mm-hmm. which throws everything off even oh, more. Yeah. Um, so then you have to write a different kind of note. It's called a history and physical, and it's longer and more annoying. Um, and then if you have anyone who's going home, you also have to write a discharge summary. So mm-hmm. those are the three kinds of notes that we have to write. And then you also have to... Uh, make sure that you write what we call a shout, um, which is just an acronym for how we do our own sign outs for how we, you know, kind of summarize our patients to the team who's taking over after us. So the handoff notes, basically the handoff notes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, we call them, we call them shouts because the acronym we use is literally S H O U T. Um, <laughs> so that's medicine is acronyms. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So, so is it. IT. So is computers. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Um, so I have, by virtue of Epic being the least bad of the EMRs, I have developed mm-hmm. a system for managing this all that is wonderful. Um, for me, at least I'm sure <laughs> I'm not sure if it would work for anyone else, but um, so in Epic, you can create a list of your, your patients. So mm-hmm. these are the people you are responsible for. You make a list of them. Mm-hmm. Great. That makes it easier, obviously, to check them, but it gives you the option to print out a particular format. Oh. List, and you get to choose what's in your format and how tall it is and how big the font is and everything. So when I, when I have more patients than we do right now, um, I try to do everything kind of like on the long, long skinny and like mm-hmm. landscape mode on my paper. I always try to make sure everything is on one single piece of paper. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You need to go to two papers. One of them's going to get lost. Oh yeah, absolutely. Goes so, all. It's single piece of paper. Um, right now we 
ironically, we have the benefit of there being very few people in the hospital mm-hmm. because we're trying to keep people out as much as possible so that they don't catch anything. Yes. So that whenever the hammer does fall upon us, that it's not a lot of people who really don't need to be there. Um, so currently, I can do my patients on a portrait piece of paper. And it's, nice. it's much smaller. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> so because we have those, those tasks for writing notes and everything, I have a blank column on the right mm-hmm. where I write down, you know, the stuff, random stuff that's pertinent to that patient. Right. Um, and then on the left two columns, I have a little dot system that I use. So in the morning, you have to check the labs, check the overnight labs and any new imaging, mm-hmm. go see the patient. Those are kind of the three, like, review things that you have to do. So on the left corner, in the, in the leftmost box on a right. patient, I have three little dots that like when I do <laughs> one, I put a dot. No, no particular dot corresponds to anything. I just know if I have three dots, I've done all the things. Okay. If I've done two dots. I, I still need to do one of them and I can at least remember that much. <laughs> and, then, and then it's probably easy to figure out which one you missed based on the contents of the other two. Yeah, you can you can usually figure out, you know, hey, I know I've seen all my patients and I know I checked all their labs in the morning. Mm-hmm. So this person is just waiting for their daily labs to come back. Or I know I saw their daily labs, but when I went to their room, they weren't there. So Okay. Cool. So I know I need to see that patient whenever they get back. Um so I do those dots on the on the leftmost left lower corner of the mm-hmm. leftmost box in my little grid. Because all the patients come out as a single horizontal row. Okay. So it's, it's like name, age, details, attending, and by little boxes. So each person is kind of represented as a row, and then there's multiple in them in a grid. Mm-hmm. Which I, I can't bring one to show you for HIPAA No, no. Reasons, I, so. I understand. I understand HIPAA, man. HIPAA. Um, oh, man, HIPAA. Yeah. So that's... That's my three things that I have to do related to just sort of reviewing the patient every day. So I do those. That's my little dot system for that. And then every note has particular things that I have to do to finish the note. So um, Epic is wonderful because it makes templates. Oh, yeah. Open up a note and I put the template in. I put a dot. Mm -hmm. The upper right corner of that same box. Mm Mm-hmm. And then when I fill in the top part of the note, I put another dot. When I fill in the bottom part of the note, I put another dot. And <laughs> when I talk to the attending and I can sign the note and it's finished, I put mm-hmm. a final dot. And so when either of those things is done, the note is done or I've reviewed the patient, I also then put a line through the, through the dots. Gotcha. So I know if I see a line, I'm done. I don't have to worry about that patient. But if I see dots, any number of dots, there is work to be done. Right. Uh, we we should we should take that back. Um, we, we should possibly phrase that as you don't need to worry about that particular form for that patient. Yes, it, yes. that particular piece of stuff for the patient is done. <laughs> is done. There we go. Like yeah. The, the, when it when it comes to when it comes to patient care in a hospital, there's daily tasks and there's everything else. Right. And so the everything else cannot be tracked. <laughs> it's different for every patient. There's no way to come up with a system. You just you have notes on the side and you check them off as you mm-hmm. But the actual repeated tasks that you do for every patient every day 
those things that have to be done. Um, I have that system. And I also have a similar system when a patient is being discharged in the second box. Mm-hmm. I do dots when I've, you know, made sure that all the, the medications they're going to be taking are, are checked. And then when I've made sure all follow-ups are written in and all their instructions and when their paperwork has been printed and then when the actual discharge is done. So because a lot of things in the hospital are very procedural like this, you can sort of be like, okay, well, this is where I'm going to put information about the discharge. This is where I mm-hmm. put information about the note. And just as long as I know how many steps I've finished, I can complete the work for that particular patient. Gotcha. Um, because when I started as a medical student, I didn't have as much to do, but it was still like, Oh God, what am I doing? How do I do this? What do I, you know, how do I keep track of it? And when you start as an intern, the number of patients you are, <laughs> are allowed to carry and take right. care of, um, goes up considerably. So the amount of work and number of people you have to track suddenly goes, it doubles basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so now it's not, you know, as simple as, Oh, well, I've got, you know, one patient has got one diagnosis and one patient's got different diagnoses. And so I, you know, I'll remember that I've done the note on this one. No, you can, you cannot rely on your memory <laughs> No, <laughs> because something will distract you. So you need yeah. to have everything written down. Now I also have, because of how the printout works, mm-hmm. I know that, um, I can keep all my notes on the right hand side. So everything I need for one patient is kind of written along there. Um, and because we're a community hospital, mm-hmm. the attending that I'm working with, it's kind of a, it's just a dice roll who has that particular patient. Yeah. Now a, a patient will have the same attending usually for their duration, but who I got assigned and what complimented things, they don't divide them by like, Oh, these people are going to be under this attending. These people are going to be on that attending. It's there's too many of them to do it. So mm-hmm. um, one of the columns in my little chart is the attending. That's who that is. So I know that after I've called them and talked to them and updated them on everything that's going on and gotten all the information that they need from me, I can like cross out their name. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't do dots because it's just one thing. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so in order to actually keep this all straight, because as much as taking notes and trying to use dots seems like I should be able to keep it straight, there are so many notes that you have to take over the course of the day. Mm-hmm. I also use like different colored inks. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So the system sounds ridiculous now that I'm saying it out loud, like unnecessarily complicated, but this is actually what I require to keep my day straight. Yeah. No, 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 no. So I have a, I have four inks mm-hmm. in two pens. <laughs> oh, only two pens. Only two pens. And this is because I, the pen that I use the majority of the time is a pilot friction multi-pen. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which are the best. Oh, I love them. Yeah. So great. Um, And so I use, I use blue, black, a green, and a red. Mm -hmm. So blue, black is what I use for like almost all my notes. Green is what I use when I've got like a a thing that I, I noticed or that the patient asked me about when I went to go see them or something that's like not a thought that's not originating from me. So a thing right. that I have to do that came from someone else by patient request, um, attending request, whatever. I try to keep them 
separate so that I know like, oh, I thought about this thing and I can check it off. And it helps to keep that sorted. But then I have the red pen for important things. Dun, dun, dun. So sometimes that's, you know, this patient had a lab and it's very scary and we need to do things right now for it. And sometimes it's just, I think this patient can go home today. <laughs> right on. Yeah. If the patients can go home today. I have home with a question mark written in one of the other columns. <laughs> so many columns. So many col- Well, if that's, if that's how you think, um, can we take, I'm going to pause. Okay. All right. So I, I've taken a, a break to, Put the chickens away because that's the thing we have to do. Before um, they not get it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you were talking about attending. I was, I was. So, you know, once I've called them, I can cross out their name and know that that stuff is done for the day. And mm-hmm. honestly, you know, I say, you know, the work is done is really kind of the, the, um, kind of the, what it feels like from our perspective is mm-hmm. busy work is done. Right. Um, because there's a lot of stuff in medicine that happens the way it does for legal reasons, not mm-hmm. for medical reasons. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so all of that stuff is very frustrating. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, good notes are useful to be able to, you know, track what's going on with a patient, especially because the way hospitals work in a, in a, a teaching hospital, mm-hmm doesn't you know it doesn't facilitate things like just staying with this patient until they leave the hospital right right, right sometimes right. you have to switch services and someone else has to take over your patients mm-hmm. um and so you have to be able to read the notes so the notes the notes have their place but like i said about the mr before i have strong opinions yeah this, <laughs> yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. How this should work if it were to be useful for us versus Billing and legal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, you know, I I have to keep track of all those, those daily tasks for Mm -hmm. every patient. And then once those tasks are done, usually it's a lot easier to do the rest of your work. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, there's orders to be put in, there's people to call, there's, you know, speech therapy who has to make a decision about what diet a patient is allowed to have and then you have to put it in and so that sort of stuff becomes a lot easier mm-hmm. after all that work is done because you know the note has been written everything is set for the day and you can sort of just do what needs to be done right, when it right. needs to be done not trying to fit in other work around it um, this is a little bit different when you're in say a clinic Mm-hmm. because in the clinic you see a patient for a tiny window of time and you have to do all the documentation within that tiny window of time. Um, so everything is a little yeah, yeah. more stressful. Um, so that's one of the few benefits of being inpatient as it's referred to mm-hmm. um, is we have, we have the whole day to get all of that stuff done. Right. Which sometimes you need the whole day to get all of that <laughs> stuff done. Um, so that's what my day sort of used to be like. My day now is a little bit different um, because, you know, the world is on fire. Um, yep. <laughs> and for hospitals, at least at least hospitals in the Chicagoland area right now, what that means is that there's a lot of preparations being done mm-hmm. with the presumption that things are going to get very bad. Yes. Because the projected impact 
of what's going on for the U.S. is a lot more similar to Italy than it is <laughs> to any other country because our initial response kind of almost directly matches theirs. Yeah. So we have that slight benefit that we can just sort of be like, okay, where were they two weeks ago? Okay, mm-hmm. what did they do or not do that we should do or not do? Yeah, what can we do differently? What uh, the, the the usual start, stop, continue kind of thing? Yeah, basically, um, mm-hmm. which is very difficult to do on a national level. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is one of the few places where we benefit a little bit from the fact that these you know healthcare systems are sort of taking over a lot of hospitals. Is mm-hmm. um, between multiple hospitals, we are doing things like, okay, well, this hospital is not really set up for this or not really set up for that. So we'll make sure there's an area where we can take care of patients. Mm-hmm. If they come to this hospital and we can't transport them, but we'll try to transport the majority of patients who need particular things to this other hospital where we've set up like a, a dedicated ward for that. Yeah. yeah. Um, hospitals are setting up COVID teams, mm-hmm. um, which basically means those physicians would only take care of patients who are COVID positive to help Mm -hmm. prevent it from spreading to other people. So and the rest of the staff and yeah, yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of things sort of being prepared right now. Mm -hmm. Um, And a few policies that have been implemented. So at least at our hospital and Amida hospitals, we're not allowing visitors, Mm -hmm. which is its own special difficulty. Oh, I'm sure. Um, yeah, it helps a little bit. Um, non non essential stuff mm-hmm. has been stopped, um, <laughs> yeah. which is mostly an issue for the surgeons because they do a lot of elective surgeries. Um, so all the surgeons and the surgical techs and surgical nurses are all trying to find other things to do in the hospital, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is its own difficulty because now there's some people who are trying to work from home if they can. Some people who are usually on the second floor doing their surgery thing and are now trying to find ways that they can be helpful on other floors, but they don't know how those floors work. So everything's kind of chaos. Yeah. And then we've got the fact that, um, Oh, as, as a, um, intern, you know, all those, all those educational experiences have basically been paused. Mm-hmm. Um, we're trying to work out kind of like this where we, you know, we can do, um, Zoom or Skype or some way to do our lectures thus far has not worked. <laughs> <laughs> right. We are not IT. We should not be trusted with this. Yeah, yeah, um, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> um, but then we also have a little bit of a, sort of that calm before the storm where we're trying mm-hmm. to keep everyone who possibly can go home to get them home because yep. um there some patients will come here thinking, oh, this is the best place to be. And it's actually the worst place to be mm-hmm. uh, because hospitals concentrate infective pathogens. Right. And hospitals have specific hospital pathogens that are oh, yeah. better and better and more resistant to everything. Um, so we're not just trying to protect you from, from COVID. I mean, that's our main goal right now, but also you know, we're always in general trying to be like, well, the longer you stay, the more likely you are to catch this or that, you know, thing. That, Super you know, staff and Merce and yeah. 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 Um, so right now, one of our main problems in the hospital is that the, the census, that um, the number of patients in the mm-hmm. hospital on a particular floor is very low because we're trying to keep everybody out. Yeah. So for us residents, that means 
we have like nothing to do. <laughs> yeah. So all of all of that stuff that I said, you know, you've got to do this and keep track of mm-hmm, this. Mm-hmm. When you have eight patients, that's difficult. When you have three, it's like, I'm done at 9.30. What do I do? <laughs> I've got to be there until 3.30. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to, I guess I'm going to study or I'm going to try to do this yeah. online lecture that isn't working or. Yeah. And that's, yeah. that's kind of what it's been is it's been a lot of, um, because we're, we're trying to, you know, enact social distancing as much as possible between us too, for mm-hmm. our mm-hmm. safety and to keep us from contracting and spreading to our patients. We also, we can't hang out in the lounge, the cafeteria, uh, the like place where you can eat in the cafeteria is closed. So there's nowhere to eat. Oh, <laughs> we have to spread out awkwardly across the hospital to try to find places to eat. And then we have to try to find places where we can go mm-hmm. to do, you know, study or do whatever other thing we need to do that isn't like really close to other people. And it's <laughs> because you, yeah. Cause it's not like you get an office with a door you can close. No. And I mean, we have the benefit of having call rooms. So those mm-hmm. are those are rooms in a in another wing of the hospital. It's a it used to be something else. I'm guessing um, that have you know beds and bathrooms and everything set up. They're meant for like one person, mm-hmm. so that when you're on call, there's a place you can go sleep. Not that most of us do because the beds are horribly uncomfortable. Of course, of course. Um, <laughs> much like everything in a hospital, when you have to buy in bulk, you buy the cheapest per unit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, you know, days when I've got free time at the end of the day, I go to one of the call rooms and do what work I can. I've, I've hit an unfortunate point where I'm like, I don't really have much to do anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I have run through stuff that I can do at work because uh, you've made it efficient. Yeah. I've, I've made things efficient, which is now biting me in the ass. I, I didn't intend for that to ever happen. Oh uh, yeah. But then again, uh, it may be beneficial if the worst happens, Yeah, um, you and know, plan for the worst and hope for the best. Right. So yeah. we are, we are sort of, we're hoping right now that all of the actions taken mean that when the cases start to pour in and people start to need lots of hospitalization, mm-hmm. we'll be at hospital capacity and not beyond it. Yeah. That said, my hospital has the benefit of having been, so St. Francis is a, is an old hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, and that means that a lot of, um, hospitals have kind of sprung up around it. So it used to have many more patients than it currently has. So there are right. wings in the hospital, so basically the whole North wing that just doesn't have anything going on. They're just closed right now. And we actually even have a whole second ICU. They used mm-hmm. to be the cardiac ICU that's just not used. So we're sort of, we've got plans. You've got, you've got fallback capacity if you need it. We do. We, do. we yeah. have a lot of fallback capacity. The problem is we don't have a lot of, people to staff those rooms so those surgeons better brush up oh yeah it's gonna yeah. be it's gonna be all hands on deck if it gets mm-hmm. bad here as it as it has overseas so yeah, yeah, yeah i yeah. mean i hope that's vaguely reassuring to people is that hospitals like we know how bad it could be mm-hmm. we're doing our best to try everything we can yeah to be able to hit no no more than reasonable capacity mm-hmm and not, you know, be in the situation 
where we're having to, you know, just hope that someone, yeah, 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 <laughs> someone yeah, yeah. is there in the morning, you know, um, I've seen a lot of really, really very interesting things that people are trying to do, um, that give me a tiny, tiny bit of hope that it will not be mm -hmm. as bad here as it is overseas. Oh yeah. Um, the main one being a lot of 3d printed adaptations that they're mm -hmm. coming up with for, uh, for ventilators. So um, you can put four people on one ventilator. I, and I've also seen uh, a call out to uh, people with specific types of the PLU that is more flexible for being able mm -hmm. to create masks. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Since masks are in short supply. Yeah. I have, I have tried to, I've tried to remain patient with the general public. Mm -hmm. Because stuff happened, they panicked. It's what humans do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, I, I. This has been said so many times before. But the average person does not need personal protective equipment. Right. The average person needs to wash their damn hands and stay six feet away from everyone. Else. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't yeah, touch yeah. your face. This is the one I cannot manage myself. I, well, neither can I because it's it's allergy season now, <laughs> and my my eyes are itching so constantly. Weird. Yeah, so I I wash my hands. I wash my hands. I wash my. I haven't actually interacted with someone who's like. I think the neighbor came by a day or two ago, mm -hmm. and you know, sort of a, a, a distance handoff of like, he has honey and spare egg cartons. Good God, do we need the spare egg cartons? And, you know, and that sort of thing. But like, that's the most human contact I've had outside the circle of the house. Yeah. So I know when I wash my hands or whatever, yes, I can go touch my eyes because, oh my God, they itch so bad. Yeah. But the only person who's touching the stuff in my office is me. The mm -hmm. only person, you know, I, I'm very cognizant of my contact with other people. Yeah. And that's... <laughs> I mean, that's the thing is in, mm -hmm. in any kind of infectious disease control, there's sort of caveats. Mm -hmm. So there, there are definitely caveats, but I'm, I'm not going to encourage anyone to partake of them because <laughs> right. the minute someone hears, oh, but I heard it's okay to do this thing under this condition, they'll apply it under not that condition. Not that condition. Yeah. 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 Thing I, yeah. thing I have learned is we, I mean, we all know we have issues with our educational system in this country, but mm -hmm. oh man, nobody teaches you how to be a patient. Yeah. Everybody assumes you've got a body, you'll figure it out, but that's not accurate. Not, not really how it works, no. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, which I have difficulty with so often, patients who just, you know, don't understand things that for me are like second nature to how the world works. Mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. I have the, I have the wonderful privilege of having been raised in a household with a physician. My father yeah. is a physician. So, and my mother, you know, she's been on the show, you know her, she's brilliant. So yeah. there was never oh, yeah. in my world, there was never a, any kind of, Oh, you're young. You'll learn this later. It was things were always just explained to me. Yeah. Yeah. So people not knowing some some of the what I consider very basic things about, you know, how bodies work, how infection spreads, how physics work, um, has been a has been a bit of a learning process for me as well during this medical education thing. Oh yeah, I, I was seeing a thing from Canada today. Canada that uh, a, a place is open for spring break and don't stay home. Come see us because we're open. Unlike uh, everyone else who's fallen for the government hoax. Yeah. 
and I'm screaming internally. I'm not going to link it. I'm not going to link it no, because no, no one needs to see it. I was, I would, that was the closest I think I came today to literally screaming at my computer was looking at, and then you dig in and they're like, you know, uh, uh, bacteria, like, uh, uh, they're, they're, uh, of course they're anti-vaxxers that goes without saying, <laughs> Uh, but also like, you know, uh, viruses are, are come from bacteria that break down because of stress and I'm, yeah, no. And I just want to, I want to get in my car and go to this place in Canada and shake people, which isn't really good for social distancing. No. So yeah, it's really not. I I will say my medical, my medical recommendation is to not do that. Yeah. Um, Mostly because I might don't even know get. What you'll catch? They're they're yeah, no. vaxxers. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't need mumps or rubella. Oh um, God, no. Ugh. No. Ugh. Yeah. So, okay. So we've we've <laughs> actually covered like all your habits, most of your habits. We I'm guessing covered, we've covered a lot of work habits. Actually, I was. Yeah. I'm, I'm taking yes, a look Ernie, at my notes. you're fine. Notes. Notes. There you um, go. Yeah. To be like, okay, what else did I want to talk about? Like in my life, because. Aside from aside from work, which is I mean mm-hmm. dominating my life and my thought process right now. Right um, now, yeah. I also um, have a, a, a smallish gaming crew. It's mm-hmm. really just the right number of people to play um, tabletop games. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we have a couple of different games running. And honestly, we would have fewer games running if one of my friends love him to pieces. We're better at like committing and just. Staying with a game. Okay. Okay. He likes the beginning of games. He likes making characters, learning mm-hmm. systems, and all this stuff. But the like going through the story arc, he sort of gets bored somewhere okay. here in the middle. <laughs> so, so it's not just like it, we're we're not talking about like board games. We're talking about like tabletop oh, RPGs yeah. and things. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I mean, we we've thought about trying like board game nights. Um, <laughs> the problem is a lot of the the people that I play with are currently slightly spread out mm-hmm. not as spread out as we used to be people yeah. have moved into the state and that makes things easier um but we're spread out a little bit and so we have to kind of you know work around schedules and one of my mm-hmm. friends she currently lives in milwaukee and has a daughter and um <sighs> logistics yeah when someone could yeah it, it's yeah yeah, yeah no no, no. stuff so We've, we've got, you know, we mostly use email to try to organize that kind of thing, but we also have Discord and Facebook Messenger groups where we try to coordinate those things. So those two things have been really important mm-hmm. um, in keeping our gaming stuff straight. And we tried a bunch of different stuff to keep gaming materials organized. Yeah. Uh, we tried like Obsidian Portal and a bunch of different websites and everything mm-hmm. just fell by the wayside. Um, and every, everything keeps coming back to Google Drive. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so... Google platform saves the day again. Um, so we do a lot of, of stuff on um, our Google Drive, which we try to keep separated and organized based on, yeah. you know, here's a reference material, here's the stuff that we've put in, here's that sort of stuff. But and, you know, you've got six people working on it. Things get disorganized yeah. sometimes. I guess I like ours. Ours is probably a little easier because I just have a folder that is our current campaign, mm-hmm. like, and that's all the stuff that's in it. So like, I can drop in maps. I can drop in my notes because they're not 
shared because I'm the game master. So, and yeah, um, yeah we use roll 20. So, yeah. Mm, yeah. We've, we're probably going to have to use roll 20 right now. Uh, it's uh, awesome. Yeah. We're, we're coming, we're trying to figure out what, what we can get everybody to do and what systems work for people because mm -hmm. we're all used to doing this in person. So now suddenly doing it online is a step we were not prepared for. Um, but we have, we have a folder, but it is shared. Mm -hmm. So we occasionally run into the issue where, you know, someone will delete something out of the folder because they're like, oh, this thing is, you know, not important anymore. Forgetting that if you want to actually make it delete from everyone else's folder, you have to remove their permissions and then delete it. And then delete it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Google Drive has its own hangups, but we're, we mostly work with it. Um, I, I, I would almost recommend of, you know, like create a folder that is the deletion candidate folder and then drop things in there. And that way it all sinks out of their folders and disappears. And if no one complains or moves it back, that you know, actually help. you know, yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to take a note on that. You're going to take a note on that one. Yeah. Huh? Cause I got paper in front of me. I, <laughs> I work for a distributed company and we've been doing, um, and, and I've been doing remote work kind of things now for a really long time. And so occasionally you just, it's, it's the little workarounds that make it, oh, yeah. uh, that you don't discover until you're doing it. Yeah. You know, yes, Ernie, I know you're going to <laughs> die. You've already had your dinner. Don't give me that. <laughs> <clears throat> Go bother Ursula or Shepard. They can walk you. It's fine. I don't have to escort you outside. <laughs> He's going to get noisier. I'm just saying. It's, whatever. I'm fine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But so that's, so in our gaming group, that's, that's the main mm -hmm. thing that we're using, using Google drive. Um, mm -hmm. We have been, um, uh, my fiance, Joe, who mm -hmm. is, has a lot of issues right now and is home a lot anyway. Mm -hmm. um, even more so now that everything is quarantined. Oh yeah. 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 Um, he has he has turned to coping with trying to do game stuff. Okay. Um, so we're trying to you know expand the things that we do for game, make cooler you know tokens and mm -hmm. trackers and all sorts of stuff um, because we have the the benefit of you know vaguely being crafty people. And my mother, I love her pieces, but she'll frequently be like, "Oh, I got this new upgraded piece of equipment. Have this old one." So I have all this equipment that I can otherwise not afford. <laughs> So you can ship as 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 your old stuff is is like well now I've got this upgrade you can just ship mm -hmm. it this way. I mean I realize that that our our friends uh, Gooch and Marnie would be like we'll gladly take it in and it's probably much closer to you than our house. But yeah, a lot of the, a lot of the stuff that currently is in my apartment has like dibs placed on it. <laughs> 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 For, like, when, when the next one moves down and like yeah 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 <laughs> supply changing the one the most recent one we've been working on is. I don't know if you can see the the blue purple thing right there. Oh, Cricket Explorer Two. Yes, it is beautiful. Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, we had uh an old thing. I don't remember what its name is. Yeah, yeah. My mom and I have a habit of naming equipment, so it's Archimedes. Okay. I genuinely don't remember what it used to be, like what its company and all that is, um, but. Part of Joe's issues uh, mm -hmm. are arthritis in his hands, so there's oh, stuff okay. he can't do. And so now that we have this cricket, mm -hmm. he can do all these things because he can have, 
have stuff cut out and colored and, and all. Yeah. Yeah. And making it's making life so much easier, which, you know, whatever tiny piece of Mm -hmm. relief right now is awesome. Um, (laughs) So our gaming world is uh, a little bit up in the air right now. Yeah. It's kind of that, that, that space where it's, you want to play and you're used to playing in person, but you can't play because everybody's like all over the place. You know, we've been running our standard game now for 10 years, 11 years, and all online because we've always been distributed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, well, yeah. in the long run, it's it's really unclear if in the long run we're going to be more distributed or less. Right. <laughs> because people are trying to get jobs in new places. And I, the mm-hmm. job I'm trying to get right now is in Boston. So that's even worse. And it's yeah. Like, things are, you know, up in the air right now. Um, so this quarantine may be good for us as a gaming crew. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's get used to that idea now. And yeah. yeah. Um, not that any of us want that to be a thing, but you know, do do what you can with what you've got. Yep. Oh let's see, are there any other organizational tools? Nothing that's nothing mm-hmm. that's like different from before. Yeah. I think is the is the key. Cause in that respect, work has changed a lot. Mm-hmm. But other things have not changed so much. Yeah. Um, so that rolls around like, I don't think we have to ask how you decide what to do first on a given day because it's pretty much sold. Yeah, it's yeah. it's really set. Yeah, I've got structure that I have mm-hmm. to follow. Everything is very set up at work and I am not a morning person. So getting to work at 6.30, oh, I'm awake for as little bit as possible. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I will say the the on the one hand the nice thing is all the schools here are closed right now, mm. uh, and uh, here too? yeah, and my oldest is now doing distance learning for the last part of his senior year of high school. Oh, oh! But I don't have to get up in the morning to make sure he gets to school on time. Oh, that sounds lovely. Uh, yeah, just means that I again I work from home, mm. so I don't think. I think I went six days without actually leaving the house or, or at least the property last week. Um, and so it's, there's, there's other adjustments I have to make like, okay, uh, I need to get up and walk around more or I need to figure mm-hmm. out a different morning routine because my old morning routine was a lot about very structured, like, you mm-hmm. know, get up, shower, dress, take him to school, mm-hmm. come home, work. Yeah. And now that's all out the window. So it's like, how do I yeah. restructure? I will, I will say the, the making adjustments for, for all of this pandemic nonsense um, is mm-hmm. like, uh, it has been uh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I count as essential personnel, so yes. it hasn't changed very much for me in terms of like, I still have to be at the hospital at six thirty. I still get to leave at three thirty. You know, mm-hmm. these sort of things still happen. Um, I can, you know, still swing by the pharmacy on the way home. Um, yeah, there's a there's a Walgreens between the hospital and my apartment. So Perfect. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. Um, so I often stop there for you know milk or meds or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and those things are all still open. So like my daily routine has not changed that much overall its particular compartments have changed mm-hmm. a lot um and i will say i am i am 
grateful, so grateful that like, they can't say you are non-essential and like, stop paying me. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I, my routine would like stop if that were a thing. I, yeah. I don't know how people are managing it. And I have great sympathy for everyone who mm-hmm. just yeah. is oh, yeah. suffering right now. Um, which, which is a great lead in yeah. um, other than wash your damn hands. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is the best advice you've been given or would give someone else um, other than wash your damn hands? By the uh, way, people wash your damn hands. Yes. I second that yeah. so much. Um, so I, I have the slight issue when this question comes up and I, I had mm-hmm. an issue with it last time is that I can't <laughs> certain piece of pieces of advice. don't feel like you can compare to each other. Right. Right. Like when it, when it comes to overall things, you know, there's, you know, um, uh, one of the things I remember the most from when I was a child was, mm-hmm. um, and the phrasing is particular to, uh, like spirituality and religion is there's, there's no one true way. There's no one perfect thing. Um, at, when I was young, it was about, you know, religion and spirituality and, and that sort of thing. But mm-hmm. the older I get, the more I realize that's true of literally the whole world. Oh yeah. Um, brains are different. They, they work different ways. And so any, any person who is dealing with, here's how I work and I'm not working with this thing. Mm-hmm. That's not a personality flaw. That's not like a personal issue. Like the system just may not work for you. And sometimes you don't yeah. have an option. You have to make the system work somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I think the reminding yourself that there's no one perfect fit one perfect solution for everything. Just it's really important, especially because I, and I talked about the last time I have, I have a lot of um, strong personal feelings about mental health and wellness mm-hmm. and those things because um, as a society, we're particularly bad about that. We're terrible at it. Yes. We are terrible at it. We are, we are getting better mm-hmm. um, slowly, very slowly. Um, but a lot of, a lot of my opinions about things kind of revolve around that. And so I, one of the other things that I think is a really important piece of advice is be kind to yourself. Um, Oh yeah. You are the only person who is always going to be with you. You are the only person inside of your own head. And sometimes you can't control what's going on there, but Mm -hmm. you know, try to, try to, try to be kind to yourself. Um, that is active effort every yep. day. Um, it's a philosophy. Uh, you have to <laughs> kind of try <laughs> to do every day. Um, uh, but I also think it, you know, it translates a little bit outside and because, um, my mother's family is very Southern and manners and politeness were always very big for us, but oh, yes. um, being polite and being kind are not quite the same thing, but if you can be both, you're in a good position mm-hmm. um, because kindness is free and manners make the world go round. Truth. <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of the other thing I remember a lot from my childhood. Um, but I also, I feel like, you know, each, each particular part of my life has advice. And mm-hmm. so if I were talking to other gamers, you know, I would tell them, 
whatever game you're playing, always make sure you know what you're trying to get out of it. Mm-hmm. Because this is a problem I've had with a lot of gaming groups is, you know, people will decide they want to start playing a game and there'll be some sort of issue and people trying to do something in the game or trying to change this or, you know, trying to take it in a different direction. And it really comes down to people kind of had different mental images for the game in their head, you know, and like I'm playing in a star Wars game right now and it's, it's wonderful. And part of why it's wonderful Mm -hmm. is because we all wanted the same kind of swashbuckly, you know, crazy lightsaber fights, Jedi Force mystic nonsense, like kind of in that right. order. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, So because we all wanted the same things and we all wanted them kind of to the same degree, we're all, we're all got the right picture and we know what we're trying to get out of mm-hmm, the game, mm-hmm. and that makes it so much smoother. Um, and as a, as a crafter, I also feel like it's important to remember that just because you can doesn't mean you should. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like oh. the, one of the problems with becoming a, mm-hmm. a, a project-oriented person and not a process-oriented person is that, you know, I'll learn mm-hmm. something for a particular project and it'll be like, okay, well, am I ever going to do this again? I don't know. And I'll have the tools for it. And it'll be like, well, try to do a project for it or, or realistically understand that maybe I'm not going to do that again. And it's okay <sighs> to not do that again. It's okay to occasionally say this is too much work and have someone else do it for you. That's okay. Just because you physically can doesn't mean you should. Uh, that was uh, that was actually my 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 discussion with Ursula for a couple of years about why are you still running your own prints? Why <laughs> are you taking a week out? You know, a, a mm-hmm. two days a week to yeah. do all the printing and then all the packaging and why why why? And it was it. it it eventually became a, her time was more valuable to do mm-hmm. the writing versus losing two days to do yeah. prints. And, and, and I mean, but that's always sort of the trade-off with the, just because you can doesn't mean you should mm-hmm. uh, kind of argument is if you enjoy it and it's something you enjoy, yeah. then knock yourself out. If it's miserable, just because you can doesn't mean you should. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and that's the thing too, is that people frequently forget, you know, that you start, you start making things uh, either to sort of deal with some sort of lack you have in your life. So, mm-hmm. you know, I started sewing because I have a particular weird proportion to my body. It was hard to find clothes that fit right. Um, but I, I still frequently buy clothes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's way too much work to make all of your clothes. Yeah. Um, but also, you know, sometimes you, you learn to do something because you like to, you, you, this thing's like fun and yeah. it stops being fun. That's, that's when you should, you should think about what you're doing and mm-hmm. just this one project that's become frustrating or has something else about it changed. And maybe you should take a break from it for a while because I, I, some of this comes down to one of, one of the other pieces of advice that I would give and that's, you have to learn systems. Your brain mm-hmm. is a system. Yeah. <laughs> you need to learn what works for you. You need to learn, you know, when, when, what does your body tell you when you're too stressed out? What does your body tell you when certain things are happening to you? Um, bodies and brains don't come with user manuals. And that no. Means you have to just 
throughout your life, try to learn those things. <laughs> and um, I mean, in theory, you you have been learning the user manual, but there's so much variation in reactions and yeah, the, yeah. the user manual for the physical body still has a lot of variation, but <laughs> it really, it really does. And yeah. we, we do not have the resources to, to study some of the variation there and sort of make it make more sense. Um, but the user manual for the brain basically just says, well, try stuff. Yeah. Um, figure out which one works for you. And that's really not, like helpful advice, but sometimes it can be important. Just be like, mm-hmm. you, you need to, you need to remember that your brain is yours and that's, that's what's good about it. It's yours and it's unique and it's special. And sometimes it's unique in an annoying way. Yes. But if you know how it's unique, you can adjust your life to it because mm-hmm. people are remarkably adaptive. Oh yeah. Um, the brain included. I, I will say that brains, as much as you know, I I I tell you to like learn your brain. There there are ways you can train the brain. Oh yeah, yeah, if yeah. You have particular issues, but for the most part, learn. Not easy, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's. I mean, it's it's a it's a lifelong process of learning how your body is changing and how your mm-hmm. brain is changing and trying to be aware of yourself and not just sort of living moment to moment reaction to reaction yeah, yeah. will help you. Um, as your doctor, I say that because <laughs> please pay attention to your symptoms. Yes. Um, <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but also just as a person, I say that because it will, it was definitely one of the things that as, as a growing adult, mm-hmm. I sort of began to process things about myself not so much because they were new to me in you know like my 20s but because you you eventually hit a point where you're around enough people who are different mm-hmm. you start to appreciate the things about your brain that are not just what you thought everybody was like yeah like yeah. there are people who don't have an inner monologue and i genuinely don't understand it see i i i don't know if i have an inner monologue i usually have i i i seem to have more of an inner soundtrack you know, the, but see, that's the thing. It's like when you're when you're pondering when you're pondering something and you're preparing mm-hmm. what to say. In my head, words form. Right. And like you know, like when when I'm reading a book, I'm I'm saying it out loud in my head because I have an inner monologue. And the yes. thought, yes. like when that like hit the internet as like some people don't have this, I was like, <laughs> brain exploded. <laughs> so yeah, understanding your own brain is so important. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Or the, the realization that, that Ursula had uh, when she took after her first dose of her ADHD meds, uh, when it went from apparently her, uh, her thought process was a group of coked up weasels <laughs> and um, like all over the place. And then it's just like, wham. Okay, everybody calm mm-hmm. down and she could focus on things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. By the way, that's how we knew for sure she had the ADHD. Cause when she took her doctor prescribed speed, mm-hmm. it didn't make her hyper. Yeah. 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 Stimulants. Basically everybody feels better in a stimulant to some degree. 
Um, mm-hmm. It's one of the things about them is when your brain works better, you feel better. Yeah. Imagine that. Um, but the degree of effect that it has is sometimes astounding. Oh yeah. Um, and I, you know, I understand people who don't want to take a lot of meds, but at the same time, I'm also like, just take, take your meds. They yeah. make things better in ways yeah. that you can't always manage no. without it. So also nope. there's a piece of advice. Take your meds. Take your meds. Yeah. <laughs> if you will, you, you will take my, my Zoloft generic out of my cold dead hands. <laughs> um, yeah. They have a thing that they do for you. Mm-hmm. Appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, so questions six and seven. Mm-hmm. Which one do you want first? Oh, I don't know. Pick one. Lately, so that we end on a happy note, I've been <laughs> doing the sad but easy one first. Yeah. So let's talk about missing a goal or, or dealing with failure. How how do you? And I realize that there are that there is a when you're a medical professional, failure mode is very different from the rest of us. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's that's a thing that um, I think part of part of my answer to the question is it really depends on how you define failure, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, because a lot of problems in the medical field, like doctors, a lot of problems are come from the fact that we're defining it very badly. Okay, um, because it, a lot of a lot of physicians treat medicine, you know, the goal as, you know, I want to cure this patient. Um, I want mm-hmm. to cure this disease is really kind of what it is. They're, they think it's, I want to make this patient better, but really for them, they're thinking patient has disease. I will cure the disease. That will make the patient better. Right. Right. Um, and sometimes it's not accurate. Sometimes what the patient needs is just a little bit of symptom management. And then for someone to help them with, you know, some other issue, they, that they have and that actually will make them able to manage their disease or sometimes someone has a terminal disease and you shouldn't think about it as well. This patient is not going to get better. Um, I have failed. Right. Um, And some people do that, but I, I try to think about it in terms of I am trying to make the patient have a better life than they currently have. Okay. Um, and I, I try to keep it very broad when I'm when I'm actively thinking about it to myself because mm-hmm. um, you have patients who are not going to get better, yeah. and you can't do you can you can sort of manage their symptoms, um, but the only thing you really can do for them is you know talk to um, called palliative care teams mm-hmm. um, who know all of the kind of social minutia and all of the the weird you know sort of symptom management treatment that we don't really right. get taught because it it's not curative it's not the best treatment for anything mm-hmm. um and so when i have a patient who you know we've done what we can but this patient is has you know x condition it is degenerative whatever and we call palliative care like i don't feel like that's a failure some people do um, yeah we well. have we have conflicts in the hospital because of that because someone will <laughs> you know they'll start throwing a fit about this and how dare you give up on this patient and it's like the patient has said they don't want this they've said mm-hmm. that, you know they want to be able to do these things and we can give that to them if we yeah. recognize what they want um so 
carefully defining failure is one of the the important right. parts for me. Um, I mean, simple simple things like I you know I forgot to do a certain thing. Try not to beat myself up about it, but I've got anxiety, so I ruminate a little bit. Oh yeah. Fortunately yeah. for me, I'm mm-hmm. really forgetful, which means eventually <laughs> I'll forget that it happened, <laughs> and it will stop weighing on me. Um, so, so you don't get the thing where it's you know it's the middle of the night and you're something's weighing on you, and then your brain is like, "This is just like that time in the sixth grade," which is completely unrelated, but starts beating you up about that. So I have, like, in my whole life, I have a very small number of things that I still think back to and occasionally go, mm, that is not what I should have done. Yeah. Um, but I also try, in, in the vein of being kind to myself, I try to remember that if I had never done that thing, mm-hmm. I would not have, I would not have learned from it. Okay. And I would not have been better when that situation happened. And, and I try to be grateful for the moments mm-hmm. that I messed up in small ways because I learned from that. And there were, you know, for every single one mm-hmm. I've ever had, every single moment that I go, oh, God, I remember where I was standing and what I was wearing and who was talking to me. <laughs> I remember how this went so just straight to hell. Mm-hmm. Um, I try to be... <sighs> And, and that's a very intentional thought process. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I try to be like, okay, well, yes, I did that and I messed that up. But the next time I was in a situation, I didn't do it. Okay. And the next time I was in a situation after that, I, I had figured out this other thing to do. And I improved. Mm-hmm. And I always try to be grateful for the things that went wrong because they helped me learn some things. Yeah, yeah. And... It doesn't always work. It's not a good <laughs> method. Um, but for the most part, I don't really dwell on anything for a long time. Gotcha. Enough repetitions of that, and it sort of fades off, and it becomes, oh, man, this was a thing I did, and I feel bad about it. But I I was then better. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, and that's that's always kind of, I mean, my my mother, you know, had training as an engineer. So look at the yeah. system. How is it broken? Make it better. And then mm-hmm. that that ethos absolutely exists in hospitals and, and medical cares. Look at the system. How is it broken? Make it better. Um, so a lot of my failures come down to what did I do wrong? What did I miss? Where is where is my issue? And trying to make that a learning experience. And and try as much as possible to make it not an emotional experience. Continuous improvement. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Which is difficult. Yeah. (laughs) I could I could see that that word just working its way out. I'm like, oh, I know exactly where this is going. So I know exactly. Yeah. 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 I mean, Mm -hmm. it it does it does you know it does afford you that sort of way that every time something pops up you can you can mm-hmm. try to mitigate it and and one of the things about the brain that is delightfully useful if you know how to work it <laughs> is that every time you remember something mm-hmm. 
you're not actually remembering the first time that it happened. Mm -mm. You're remembering it the way your brain recalled it the most recent time. Okay. Um, Which when you're remembering a bad memory, if you have the awareness when you are experiencing that memory to, to try to intellectualize it and to try to pull the negative emotion away from it and try to Mm -hmm. attach a new emotion to try to look at that memory with, a different spin over time that memory becomes less and less negative and more and more neutral really. neutral yeah the best okay. you can get to but it has helped me in the past sort of look at a moment and be like this was really painful at the time or this was deeply embarrassing at the time mm-hmm. try to move past it um and also, I mean, my household runs on comedy. So whenever I can well, try to find something funny, I yeah, 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 try to attach that to it, make my brain do some of the work for me. Not that it usually helps me. My brain is a dirty traitor. Oh, yeah. No, all brains are traitors. We knew that. Um, so on the flip side of that coin, um, do you celebrate your successes? And if so, how? I try um I, I i will say small successes like for me remembering to go to the grocery store um unprompted is a success um, mm-hmm. i do not remember these things it is why i should never live alone um <laughs> and and when i when i remember to do something i frequently do little happy dances or you know things mm-hmm. like that to try to help me um try to reinforce to my brain that maybe this thing should occur to me. Yeah. 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 Uh, It doesn't really work. Um, But I try. And when I have slightly bigger successes, so, you know, I, um, I mean, it was more of an issue in med school, but you know, you pass a test, you get certain thing done. Yay. Checkbox. Um, I would try to do some kind of treat, not always like a, like a food treat, um, although chocolate. Is really oh yeah, um, always. But also some something that I hadn't been letting myself do. Um, you know, some thing that I wanted to do that I would like hold off until I accomplished that goal to try to incentivize myself to finish it. But also mm-hmm. so that when I was done, there was like a reward at the end. Um, and I try, I try not to do too many. Well, I'm going to buy this thing, or I'm going to eat this ice cream or do that thing. Cause none of that is necessarily help healthy for you. Right. Right. Um, but I still do <laughs> <laughs> everything in moderation, um, good and bad habits alike. Uh, so I try to do that and you know, big successes usually have bigger. Mm-hmm. So like last time, you know, big, big accomplishments like graduating medical school, we went to Florida I, I seem to recall something about that. Yes, yes. It was wonderful. I had so much fun. Um, actually, found out accidentally while we were there that one of my classmates um, was also there with her, um, with her family and their kids. And so we had a couple days unintended where we like hung out with them, and it was it was a great time. Um, so it was a beautiful cap to the four years of shit. Because <laughs> I, I I will say a piece of a piece of advice for mm-hmm. people considering medical school 
it is the most wonderful, horrible thing you will ever do to yourself. Oh yeah. Like if, if you are the kind of person who needs to go through this process, who needs that knowledge, who needs to be able to do this, there's nothing else that will do it. But if you're unsure, the answer is no, (laughs) (laughs) because it is going to destroy your life. And it, it's, it's a very stressful thing. And a lot of that just comes down to there's so much to learn. There's only so long to learn it. The stakes mm-hmm. are getting higher and higher and higher. Everything is getting more and more and more competitive, which is all artificial. Right. That's not necessary. That's, that's a part of the medical education system is bottlenecked. And so it means everything downstream just continually gets more competitive so that you know your student will get through the bottleneck but right right um it doesn't have to be that way it doesn't have to be that way there are so many other things you can do with your life and if you're the kind of person who thinks you might be happy doing something else you probably would be happier doing something else because it has to be a thing to get through it all you have to really really want to do yeah because people quit oh yeah all the time and it's the minute you start, you're in a hole, mm-hmm. <laughs> you're in a big, big, expensive hole. Yeah. So I do not recommend people start unless they're sure they're going to finish. And you did it. I did. I finished. Yeah. They did not, uh, <laughs> did not grind me down enough to get me to quit. There you go. Not going to say they didn't grind me down because they do. Oh yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Still recovering pieces of my life. Mm. Um, it's been an interesting time period. So this is about the point where we would, uh, where I would say, so where can we find you online? But uh, oh, right now you're... you can't find me online yeah. because everything is on fire. Um, I am trying to do things like finish a website and and have a have a podcast and and these things and it's just not happening i i understand the world, the world I has decided don't. now that the pause button is going to be a pandemic so i'm like maybe i should just stop just yeah maybe that's yeah. a sign yeah maybe let let all of the the pandemic people are trapped at home podcasts die off Mm-hmm. Uh, and for things to calm down afterwards and then yeah. maybe think about it, but we, you know, please. I mean, yeah. I, I will say, I will say sort of, on, on, I guess it's a little bit back to the advice topic on, mm-hmm. from the medical perspective. I do, I do want people to be realistic about this because mm-hmm. lots of people talk about flattening the curve and blah, 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 blah. blah. People seem to forget about flattening the curve. Because when you mm-hmm. flatten the curve, the duration extends. Yes. So yeah. our future, because I've seen a lot of things where, you know, schools are closed for two weeks. And I'm like, that is deeply optimistic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. No, no, no. I, as a, as a medical professional, I anticipate this will be going on for months, months. And uh, I want people to be realistic about yeah. that. I think, I think the realistic, the, the most realistic statement I've heard was basically until we can get the vaccine through trials. Yeah. And that's, and that's the thing is it's, I mean, coronavirus as a family group mm-hmm. is out there. It's, it's yeah. one of the leading causes of the common cold. Um, 
but this particular one, because it's novel, it's, it's got to work its way through the whole population before it can mm -hmm. settle down. And that takes time. And we have, we have successfully made that a slower process, which oh, yeah. is really important, but it's still going to take a lot of time to get everywhere it needs to go. And, and vaccines as much as, you know, it, they, they found like a potential vaccine and they're already trying it, but that means it's still, you know, a year away. Yeah. Yeah. But it's so, one of the ones I, I think, uh, uh, Ursula was telling me that they, they went straight to human trials with it. Mm -hmm. They had they a did. volunteer who was like, I will be the first human human person because there wasn't time for the other year or two years of trials that yeah. normally it goes through. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They, they have had some, some very kind people mm -hmm. doing a lot of, a lot of very good work. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So it's, I mean, I'm, I'm grateful that that's all happening. I just also yeah. know that people are presenting it like it's, Oh Yeah going to happen a lot sooner than it is. Mm -hmm. um, and I mean, can't really do much about that. We all just have to live in this suffering boat together. So yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Trying to, trying to be patient with it is not, uh, not going to be easy, but it's the, literally the only choice we have. So yeah. 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 <laughs> trying to keep that in mind. Yeah. So on an, on an upbeat note though, when you're, when you're ready, um, give me a call. We won't have to do an interview and we'll talk about how, how the mechanics of the podcasting one of <laughs> yeah, these days. I'm yeah. Sure we'll have questions. Yeah. 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 Um, I, I learned, I think I learned a lot about the, 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 you know, always be, have a regular schedule. Um, this, uh, you know, a lot of the, not the technical pieces, but a lot of the social and organizational pieces about having a podcast. I learned from mm -hmm. like the, mother of podcasting um <laughs> Mer Lafferty who's a great friend of ours and one of the one of the the first um so yeah <laughs> I I and uh, she's literally one of the people who wrote the book on podcasting so um, uh, uh, oh, that is very useful information I will need someday that yes there you go in the near future not <laughs> in, the, that no. it's in the somewhat distant future yeah, no, uh, for now, just uh, relax when you can. Uh, yeah. We're, you know, you are, are doing the hard stuff and we, we I, I at least appreciate it and, uh, you know, take care of yourself. Yeah, I'm trying. I yeah. feel, I feel a little, a little, a little sad because I know there's lots of things that I'm like, I'm sure there's more thoughts in here that if the world were less <laughs> stressful right now. I would be able to provide, I mean, my life is stressful for a lot of reasons and it's not just that the world is on fire, you know, I, Oh yeah. Multiple, actually, I, I will say this, this spring for me personally, is <laughs> the worst of my life because basically every aspect of my life, every piece of it has something big going wrong. Yeah. And so it's like, I have nothing. And when it, uh, it's the, the, when it rains, it pours, but let's, yeah, okay. let's keep our, our fingers crossed that I'll be able to, uh, to buy a drink or maybe two, uh, this fall in Chicago, uh, because if, my hope. yeah, uh, cause I should yeah. be back for WindyCon. That so. would, that is a great time to catch up. Yes. I, I would, yeah. I would love that. That sounds like a plan. All right. <laughs> uh, thank you so much.
Yes. Thank you for having me back on. Uh, anytime. And I mean that. Anytime. Well, when, when something changes and there's something worth talking about. Cool. I'll, uh, I'll do that. Sounds great. Sounds great. Hopefully, hopefully when the world is less on fire. When the world is, yeah, less on fire. Less on fire. Um, and, and for the people at home, uh, I'll be right back after this. absolutely fantastic to catch up with Megan and I could not be any more thrilled for the success she's had so far and uh, you know support her and all the others in the medical field right now who are having to uh, you know prepare for the worst and hope for the best Uh, that brings me kind of to our badge code for this week and in the spirit of what I talked to at the beginning of the show this week's badge code is do less that's right, folks, do less, uh, all one word. And if you aren't familiar with the open badges we give out, uh, you can find out more about them at the badge how to on productivityalchemy.com. Uh, we are experiencing the occasional technical difficulty. Um, the back end provider we use, we use two pieces there's Badge OS, which actually deals with creation and uh, display of the badges on the site. And then there's the Credly service, which is where, you know, we have sort of the offline storage or the away from the site storage. It's kind of like the badge wallet. Um, now, the plan we use here at Productivity Alchemy is going away. And so we're working out how we're going to deal with that moving forward. Uh, everybody will be able to get their stuff out. I've talked to their sales rep about that. And so that's kind of where that stands. We will keep you updated on what's going on with that. Uh, So that's it for this week, folks. Uh, Do your best. Hold on tight. Do what you got to do to take care of you. It's rough out there. And I hope you are spending your time uh, in the social isolation period that we've got going on right now um, as best you can. Um, And remember, if you need to take days to take care of yourself, Take what you need, and, you know, that's the most important thing. Hold on tight, folks. We can get through this together, and we will. So that's it for this week, and uh, remember, at least try to stay productive. <laughs>